everyone. Welcome to the Bonafide Legal Podcast. I'm your host, Florence Bremer. Bonafide Legal Podcast is a podcast to help attorneys and business owners with time management and lifestyle tips. I'm a mother, grandmother, wife, movie enthusiast, fan of a great deal, restaurant lover, follower of many television shows, self-proclaimed fashionista, and overall in love with popular culture. Besides all this, I'm a lawyer I've been a lawyer for almost 22 years, and throughout my practice, I struggle day by day to find balance between work and life. I don't have the magic answer on how to balance life in the law and life outside the law, but over the years, I've developed tips to living my best life and enjoying work and time off. Please join me on this journey in finding grace and contentment in whatever you do. So, um... It has been a little over two weeks, like two weeks and two days since I last recorded. As I last recorded, I recorded a couple days earlier. I always record on either Friday, Saturday, Sunday is my goal. And I do that every other weekend. So last week I recorded like Thursday, I believe, and and posted a little bit early because on Friday morning, I was supposed to be heading to Flagstaff at like four in the morning. Spending the weekend, my husband was signed up for a Frisbee golf tournament, and we were bringing our daughter Maggie, and I was going to, um, you know, just get out of the heat a little bit. As I record this, it's July 24th. Um, It's very hot in Arizona. We still have, we're almost to the end of July, but we still have August and September, so still a ways to go. Um, Although I will say this um, before I get started on uh, my little spiel. Yesterday, it rained and rained and rained and rained, made it very humid. Um, Today, it's been raining off and on and is cloudy. It's still humid, but we're in the 70s. That's a big difference. You know, we've been during June, there were some days that we got up to almost 120. And um, it's been, you know, consistently around 108, 109 for the last couple of weeks. And every summer I have such a hard time. And this is no, this is, this is not a surprise to anyone who lives in Arizona. We all go through the same thing. Every um, spring as summer is approaching and, and during the summer, I'll, you know, I get magazines. I'll get magazines like Women's Day and Real Simple and Martha Stewart Living and all of these are written in places that aren't Arizona. So they always tell these stories and tips for summer living. And a lot of it is campfires in your backyard when it cools down at night. And um, day trips and all that sort of thing. In Arizona, you really don't have that. You're just trying to stay cool. You're trying not to get heat stroke or heat exhaustion. And um, a lot of times you can't even really spend the day in the pool. You can spend a little bit of time in the pool, but the sun's too hot to just stay in the pool. You're going to get too burned even with sunscreen. And, um, you know, you can't just, like, for instance, put a chair on the side of the pool and kind of go in and out of the pool. It's just, it's too hot. So summers are, are, are rough. And in my mind, and, I, and I've done this sort of trick for me every year, I have um, two books that are 90-day Bible studies. One is the book of John and one is the book of David. And I start these books sometimes in, um, you know, sometimes the 1st of July or sometimes more mid-July. And it's a little bit of a way for me to track the summer And when I get to the end of the book, by the time I've gotten to the end, we're either at the end of September or the beginning of October, and it's not perfect. We still might be having 100-degree days, but a 100-degree day is so much different than a 110-degree day, which I know sounds ridiculous to many parts of the world, but there's a big difference. And by the time we get to the end of September and the beginning of October, we're starting to have nice mornings again, and maybe even nice evenings. It just depends. Last September, I felt we had a very nice September. So in any event, we're going to go to Flagstaff and get out of the heat, get out of this awful 
long heat. And um, I hadn't been up to Flagstaff in years and years. And on Friday morning, well, sort of in the middle of the night, like right around midnight, I wake up with like the worst headache ever, just pounding, splitting, awful migraine. And migraines will sometimes make me sick to my stomach where I throw up. And that's what happened with this one. It was the worst headache of my life. I almost had the, um, almost was going to have my husband take me to the emergency room. It was so intense and painful, but I just figured, you know, let me give it a couple hours and see if it gets better. And it did, it got better. It didn't get great. Like I had the headache for probably a full 24 hours, but nothing as intense as when I woke up with it. So I told my husband to go to Flagstaff without me and enjoy his tournament, but he didn't, you know, want to go without me, which is nice. <laughs> and so we missed it. And then we were going to try to go on Saturday night. I rebooked the hotel room, talked to the people at the hotel, let them know we were going to be on our way up. And I still sort of had a headache. And then my daughter had a headache and she will throw up from migraines. And then she threw up in the car and we just turned around and went home. Like, forget it. This is not happening. So that was my lovely getting away, getting out of town weekend. I have bought something that I haven't used yet, but I'm, well, I'm not excited to use it because when I use it, it means I'm going to be having a headache. But it is an ice pack that is the shape of your face with eye holes and a nose hole and a mouth hole cut out so you can put it on your face and in, in case of a migraine my brother told me about it and it also came with a little like ice eye mask and I think it just it sounds like such a good idea because that is the the inkling that I get is that I want to put something cold on my head like a cold rag or an ice pack on my neck or something and to have something that will just fit right on my face, and you know, like my eye sockets get really, really uh, sore to have something that goes, you know, around my eyes, it just seems like a great idea. So next headache, hopefully that will be helpful. So um, Saturday ends up, you know, not being a great day for me to do anything. Um, my husband later told me, he goes, you looked so awful, like so awful. Um, so he knew that, I, you know, I wasn't like a little bit sick. He knew that it was bad. And then Sunday I felt pretty good. Um, and Sunday I just was so bummed out because here was another thing. And maybe this is where my headache came from. Maybe it was stress. So starting following that weekend, that Monday, I had almost two weeks of non-stop court, like multiple hearings on, on days and in and, and hearings that were all day. It just stunk. So maybe I was psyched myself up for it. I found that this is something that I get. When I have a little bit of a break, when I'm not in court, like say I've been in court and I've been very busy and then it's a Saturday that I'm looking forward to. I'll wake up with a headache. And I've actually read about this, and it is a condition that people get. I can't remember the name of it, but I certainly have that. And so um, this weekend, I, that weekend, I was really looking forward to some relaxation and some fun. I was going to have to bring work with me because I had all these hearings coming up and needed to prep for especially the really big one on Monday, but, um, I, um, ended up just working from home, obviously, but without any of the relaxation, just working and, and kind of nursing my headache. So on the 12th, Monday, the 12th, I had a hearing downtown in person starting at 830 and I expected it to be maybe 830 to 1030. And then that Thursday, I believe, I received a message um, from 
the clerk that said, well, your hearing is going to be the second. Well, here's the thing about that. I don't know how long their hearing is going to last. They don't give you a time. They just say, now you're bumped to the second. So it could potentially be a 15-minute hearing. It could be 45 minutes. So I thought, well, I'm just going to leave early. And I got downtown in like record time. I think I left at 7.30, 7.45. And I was downtown by 8.15. So I was there well before the start time, my original start time. So I went in and there were some people that were going to be attending the hearing. So I talked to them for a little bit. Um, I just kept reviewing my materials, just kept reviewing more and more. And, um, and then I'm just waiting and waiting and waiting. And about two or two and a half hours went by. And then we get started closer to 11. Then the panel had to take a break. So, um, and then they, they also had other hearings that they wanted to do. So they took a break. They did their other hearings. So I went from about 11 to right around noonish, 12:30, and then they had me come back at three. And what am I going to do in those few hours? I can't go back to the office really. Um, my office is anywhere from, depending on the day, half an hour to an hour away, depending on traffic, and then to come back. So it would just be driving. So I went and got some fries from McDonald's, got a Diet Coke, made a couple phone calls from my car, and um, calls actually related to this hearing, and then went back in because I thought, well, the other thing too is they were going to start when they were done. So they're potentially, it potentially could have started even a little bit earlier. So I went back in there about two, sat in the lobby. The lobby was hot. The courtroom was nice and cool. And so I'm just sitting there sweating in heels and just, ugh, just took forever. And I think they, they ended up going later. So we got back in at 3.30 and went to like just about 5, like 4.55. So uh, I kept saying that I was held hostage that day. I was attending this hearing not constantly in the hearing, but on call, waiting them in the lobby from just about eight till just about five. So it was a terrible day. And the next day I had three hearings. I had a 10 a.m. mediation, a 1.30 trial, which was set for two hours, and then a trial that started at 3.30. So I had to have my associate stand by log in to my 3.30 hearing, start the 3.30 hearing because, and, and I let all the judges know, like I, these two hearings are butting up against each other. And if I didn't have an associate, I don't know what I would do. I would have had to maybe file some sort of continuance or something. So did the first hearing, got into the 3.30 hearing about 3.40. My associate had already started it. And then I um, finished that. In the 3.30 hearing, both hearings, the judge, the judges did the hearing but continued it to another day. So I'm still not done with these cases. The, the second hearing got continued to the following Monday, and then the hearing afterwards got continued two months down the road. That is really something that I have learned with this practice, is that when you think it's sort of a one and done, anytime I predict that, it never is. The hearing always gets continued to another day, continued to a second day. There's pre-trial briefing that's needed. Just nothing is ever easy. And occasionally when it is easy, it's a big shock. But I always need to calibrate for that because it happens over and over again where I'll have, again, like I said, something where you just think it's one and done. It's one hearing. And then you go in and the judge is like, well, I have, you know, I have another hearing coming up or someone has just filed a notice of appearance or uh, um, we finished the hearing, but I think we need more time. So let's do another day. And just a lot of unexpected things like that. So then I had the next day, I had two hearings. One got vacated the last moment and none of my hearings were 
like 15 minute hearings. A lot of my hearings can be really quick. Like you're going in with the judge, the judge is getting an update, they're scheduling oral arguments or they're scheduling trials or you're doing an oral argument and it just doesn't take that long. So a lot of hearings can be short. All the hearings that I had were long. So my morning hearing got vacated, but then I had a hearing at 1.30 and it went till the end of the day. And I had a meeting that I had scheduled, so I had to bump it and have a later day on a different day. So then the next day, I had a hearing and another long hearing. The morning hearing got vacated very, very last minute. And then my afternoon hearing was the whole afternoon. So on the 16th, I actually didn't have anything. So I had to, anything scheduled. So I had to cram in all this stuff, you know, like going through the mail, getting caught up on emails, returning phone calls that had piled up. And, and throughout, when I have days like this, I try my hardest really to stay up on phone calls, but it makes it really hard. And the other thing that had popped up is, so on the 16th, I was supposed to get a lot done. And, and I had a to-do list that was very long, but very doable, I felt, until I got an emergency call from a client and I had to file a whole brand new civil case with an order to show cause. So I worked late on Thursday drafting this. I got up early on Friday and was dealing with it all day Friday as well. Like emergency filings, calling the judge, trying to get a hearing. So it wasn't what I wanted to do on the 16th, which again was really a bummer because I needed this day. So then now I'm on the Monday the 19th and the trial that I had on Tuesday the 13th, one of them was moved to the 19th. So the whole morning was used for that trial. And I try so hard to have days where I don't have to have things first thing Monday. Like first thing Monday is, I, I it, Monday afternoon is fine. But to come in on Monday morning and need to go into court right away, the the first thing that everyone does after the weekend is call you on Monday morning. I get so many messages. There's so many emails. Even though I've been checking them all weekend, I still have the ones that come in from uh, Sunday night to Monday morning. So um, just a crazy busy day. Tuesday another long hearing in the morning on Tuesday morning. And finally, at some point I need to meet with clients. Like I've just had two weeks where, and I've, I've scheduled in little meetings here and there, um, in between hearings if I can, before a hearing, right after. But Wednesday I needed to do a bunch in a row. So I did hearings I'm sorry, meetings most of the day, like starting early till the afternoon. And then I'm back to Thursday and, and two hearings again, a lengthy morning hearing and a lengthy afternoon hearing. And then on Friday, I was supposed to have court and it got, um, I had to file a motion to continue and it got moved to August. So that was my two weeks, just an awful, awful two weeks. And my daughter's birthday was on the 19th. Uh, she's the one who has my two-year-old grandson, Adam. And we went out the weekend. Um, we went out on the 17th and just had a very casual day. We went to Desert Ridge and did some shopping. I came a little bit later because it was hot out, so I didn't want to be in the heat. So I showed up um, a little bit later in the day. They had already been shopping. I joined them for a little bit of shopping. And we had lunch at Yard House, and it was nice and uh, just an overall nice day, but we had to do her day on Saturday instead of on her birthday because the way my work schedule was working out and, and for other reasons too, like other people who are involved, their work schedules, doing something on Monday was just not panning out. So my daughter and her husband went out to dinner on Monday night, but 
we all together watched um, my grandson. And for the last few weeks, <laughs> and, and this like really shouldn't be a big deal, but because everything was so busy, it felt hard to manage. My youngest is in a volleyball clinic for this month, the month of July, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday from 5 to 6.30. First of all, that's after hours. And it's um, it ends, you know, relatively early. Every day felt like a new day in terms of trying to get her there. Some days were easy, but some days I couldn't be back there by 5 because of my court schedule. And I'd have to make sure my husband was taking her or one of my daughters. And with an hour and a half here, I almost sort of wish it was like two or three hours. You get back to your house after dropping her off and maybe start dinner. And then you have to turn it right, turn around right and get her again. And it was always when I had something on the oven or had something on the stove or dinner was ready but had to have it set. It just was a crazy, crazy two weeks. So next week... I have a busy Monday. I have another hearing, but I'm taking a little vacation, fingers crossed this time, um, from Tuesday to Friday, going to Coronado and being on the beach, my yearly trip to Coronado. In pa in the past years, I've tried to take it a little bit later. Um, I'd like to take it more in August because I think it cuts your summer shorter that way, but my daughter who's starting high school this year she starts at August 2nd so this was the very very latest I could do it so of course with a vacation we're picking up a rental van and um, I'm just excited to get out of the heat and enjoy the beach a little bit and hopefully it'll be nice and no one is sick and everything will be great so that's the last two weeks so as I was thinking about these two weeks and really dreading every day. You know, I was either falling to falling asleep in an exhausted heap. I was waking up in the middle of the night worried about stuff. I was waking up before my alarm worried about stuff and just working like crazy. It just was insane. And then I realized how lucky I was. So lucky that I have people who want me to help them. When I get obsessed with my schedule like this, and this is really what I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about sort of the remember when. Remember when, and this is my remember when, I remember when I first started on my own as an attorney. I didn't have a lot of work and didn't really have any money coming in. I had very little resources and equipment. My first equipment and, and first sort of business things that I used were, I bought some business cards. Well, actually first I made some. And then after those ran out, then I started to buy them at PostNet, which I have used as a resource for many years. And now my daughter works there, and um, so I have a like a personal consultant when I need business cards and envelopes and a place for packages to be dropped off. All of that is great. And if she wasn't there, they'd still be giving me the same service. But you know, she can. I still get stuff delivered there, and she can bring it home to me rather than me having it picked up or getting it myself. So I had PostNet, I had business cards, I had a phone on my desk, I had a cell phone that I rarely used because it was so expensive to use it. It's not like cell phones now where you could be on the phone all day. It There was, un, there was limited minutes. I think it might have been, it was a crazy limit. It might have been like a hundred minutes a month. So I never used the phone. I couldn't for instance, like be out at lunch. Um, I used to fill in for attorneys all the time. That was some of my very, very first work. It wasn't super lucrative, but it was money and it was experience. And sometimes I would cover hearings for the whole day and then I'd have a lunch hour. So now if I have a lunch hour, 
and uh, things are different. You know, things have been different for the last year and a half, so I'm not out as much as I used to be, but it, that appears to be changing very, very quickly. But sometimes I'd have a morning hearing or an afternoon hearing, and I would go sit in a restaurant or a coffee shop. Now I just get on the phone or sit in my car and, and return calls. Then I didn't because I was so scared of the, the cost. I had a fax machine that was plugged into my phone line. It had two different numbers. You were able to have like a, what I've always called a vanity number, where you could have a second phone number that rings to the same line, and that would be my fax number. So if I was on the phone at the office and someone wanted to fax me, I had to get off the phone so the fax could come through. Or if a fax was coming through, we couldn't use the phones. So that was something that was part of my life for a very, very long period of time. Um, trying to think about some of the other sort of starting out. I remember um, there was a day where... And I feel like this was sort of my last day like this, where I didn't have anything to do. I didn't have work waiting for me at the office. I didn't have, I got calls, but not like calls now. You know, I can go in, in the morning and there will be people who started calling super early or super, super late. And um, because they want for me to return a call, like the second I get in, but everyone has that idea. So I might have, you know, six messages, including messages from the day before. So I'm always playing catch up on phone calls. It didn't used to be like that. I maybe get a couple messages during the day. I answered my own phone um, before I had anyone working with me. Um, when I first uh, started having people work with me, I had a friend who was traveling a bunch and before she went out on her next travels and when she came back from her travels she did some contract work for me and she would come into the office and um, and and work on stuff and maybe do some hearing coverage for me and it was great um, you know it was us for a long time and then I started to hire law clerks from ASU and that's where I found my associate she worked for me as a law clerk and when she passed the bar, she worked for me while she studied for her bar, then she passed the bar, and she's been my associate ever since, and it's been almost 20 years. We were just talking about it, that um, I think she's been working for me since 2005 or 2004, so not quite 20 years, but getting getting there very quickly. Um, so I had law clerks. for I remember at one period of time, I had probably... I had a nice group of law clerks. Like I might have had like four or five. And then I had an, another associate for a short period of time. And when he left, um, I didn't have any associate. And I was wait, really waiting for Tanya to finish her um, studies and, and take the bar because we had discussed her being my associate. And then luckily she did. She, she took the job and she's been with me ever since. And she's great to work with. So thinking about how it started in the, in the past, do that. Like when you're thinking this is just too much or, or too, too exhausting, like remember how it was when you first started out. When I was studying in law school, I never imagined it could be like this. I thought I was going to be a transactional attorney. I thought I'd never set foot in court. When I spoke in front of a group of people, a lot of times it came out like a squeak where I couldn't even speak in front of 10 people. Like it was too much for me. Um, and the thought that I was having before that I kind of <laughs> lost track of going down a different road is that I remember this time period, I would say it was probably 2001. I started doing some. I started doing some work with others, other attorneys, and I had a handful of clients, like clients that you could count on two hands, like less than ten clients. And I felt like, hey, this is this is pretty good. Like I'm, you know, starting a business here, and 
didn't really have a lot of money coming in. Like every day was looking at running to the mailbox and seeing if I was getting some sort of payment um, because it was very, very much payment to payment. You know, like when people talk about living paycheck to paycheck, this was mailbox check to mailbox check, waiting for that check, then paying bills and then paying as many bills as I can and then praying for the next check. Um, but there was a day and I can picture it because it, I felt like this was the last day like this. I didn't have anything to do. I think I had court in the morning. I got done with court and my husband had driven me to court. And this was when Lily was little. She was probably two or three. And I didn't have anything waiting for me back at home, which was also my office. I had a home office for a long period of time. There was no work waiting for me at home. And we stopped and we did mini golf. And I kept thinking, this will be what I'm going to do when I don't have anything to do. Not necessarily mini golf, but when things get quiet, I'm going to go, you know, do something fun. And then I started waiting for those openings again. And I can't remember one that was ever like that again. There was always something to do. I always had emails to go through, mail to go through, phone calls to return, something to work on, like always something to work on, and being in court all the time. So uh, waiting for that time period when I can go mini golfing again, it hasn't happened, which is the reason why I've said in many of my podcasts, you have to plan your time off and plan your enjoyment. Otherwise, it won't happen. You will work from the second you wake up until the second you go to bed and you will never take a vacation. So make sure you fill in vacations on your calendar. Another thing I wanted to talk about was I came across an article that I was actually very surprised about and I'm starting to see many, many more articles along the same line. And the article that I saw was an ABA journal and it's called Law firms cannot long endure a remote work model, says Morgan Stanley, chief legal officer. So Morgan Stanley's chief legal officer has stated that, so there, Morgan Stanley, of course, is a big investment bank, and they employ a lot of outside law firms. And, and Morgan Stanley has, say, has stated, and they did this in a correspondence, they had said, if you are going to have an office that's going to have people working remotely, most likely we're not going to be able to work with you. And in the letter, it says individuals, individual lawyers learn and perform best and collectively deliver the best results when they are together. We chose to hire you because of the quality of your lawyers and the product they deliver. I strongly believe that firms that return to the office will have a significant performance advantage over those that do not, and we will see that advantage reflected in their client service and the ability to deliver successful outcomes for Morgan Stanley. And um, in the same thing, it said they that Morgan Stanley would not accommodate Zoom participants Zoom participation and critical work meetings as a general rule. I was very surprised, I guess, to see this. Um, a few months ago, it really seemed like the remote workplace was going to continue for a lot of places. I've seen a change in my own practice, but it's actually been going on for quite some time. People really want to come into the office and not only do they want to make an appointment and come in, they just come in. They're just standing there because they stop by. To me, that's always a little bit weirder um, that they are, that people will just drop into a law office. But I mean, my office is very friendly and small and low key. So maybe they're comfortable and I want people to be comfortable and I'm not saying don't drop in, but we're always 
a little bit thrown back that people will come in and, um, you know, a lot of times they want to drop something off, and that's one thing. Sometimes they come in and want to speak to me. And um, I think that that's going to be, that's something that's a little bit more difficult to accommodate, obviously, because with my schedule, I'm usually not sitting there where I can be available to be spoken to without an appointment, which is unfortunate. I mean, fortunate because it's showing I'm busy, but unfortunate that I can't be a little bit more flexible. But I, I know from my own perspective, from a from the client perspective, they're wanting to come in. They want that personal contact. A big percentage. A lot of people still want to do phone. Uh, a lot of people like to do Zoom because they can see your face. But phone and Zoom are still very, very much used. Um, for court, the judges seem to be rolling out in-person hearing more. Like I said, I spent the whole day at a hearing and there was a lot of people coming and going. They were doing a hybrid. There were some people that were participating um, by uh, telephone. There were some people that were participating by video and then there was in-person people and in-person people came in and out of that office and the lobby all day long. I had, um, I've been talking to some attorneys and some of them are just getting back to the office. I don't know that a lot of the attorneys are enthused about going back. I'll tell you this, to me, June was the big ramp up of things that were starting in person. I had more in-person hearings. Um, more people coming into the office, and there were no more masks. And not to tell you, I do not like wearing masks. They're so hot. Um, my makeup steams off. It's hard to talk in them. It's hard to be heard in them. It's fine to talk in them, but it's hard for the other person to hear you. So a lot of times they're yelling. And it, it's just a pain. Or if you're going shopping, you're just hot and June is really really like it's hot in Arizona but June is when I had three different illnesses um, sort of one after another I had a stomach illness and then I had um, a cold like the most terrible cold one one of the most terrible colds I ever had it was a cold where for almost a solid week I could not stop sneezing and nothing would help it. I Sudafed wouldn't help it. Benadryl wouldn't help it. Um, Tylenol cold wouldn't help it. Just sneeze and sneeze and sneeze. It turned into a cough that really didn't last that long, but I did cough for a period of time. Um, not really a sore throat, maybe a one that kind of came and went, but I got that instantly and it lasted for weeks, like after the mask came off. And then I got something where I was throwing up. And then, you know, the next one where I was throwing up, I, I still attribute that to my migraine. That was in July, not June, actually. I attribute that to the migraine. But still, all of this came on the heels of each other and on the heels of taking off the mask. So I don't know. You know, I had spent many, many years in practice where judges would have me come into court when I was sick, uh, wouldn't tell me to stay home, would say, okay, come in. I had many hearings where I would have giant coughing attacks and have to carry cough drops in my pocket because I was coughing so hard. Many hearings where the other uh, attorney was sick, many hearings where the parties were sick, where the judge was sick, and everybody just came in together. So I don't know. I thought that things would maybe be done a little bit differently with that. And it is to a certain extent. You know, you have, um, you still have a large amount of virtual hearings, but every week I'm having more and more judges change that to in-person hearings. 
and we're all getting back together again. So I just keep saying, I don't know. I don't know. Every week is different. But um, I think that larger companies, I don't know if they are going to tolerate a more remote workplace. I can't say because I don't work in that that area. I don't work for a company like that or run a big company. So I don't know if maybe the amount of work has gone down. Remote workers, I have heard, have said they feel a lot more productive because they can kind of work when they want. But there's a drawback to that as well, which is people are working crazy amounts of time. Like I would be working... I did a, you know, I still was going into the office, but a lot of times I do do work at home. And I'm starting to work at, I'm opening my laptop at 5 in the morning to uh, draft something. I had to do a lease review this week, so I had to take care of that. Um, so I'm opening my laptop at 5 in the morning. It's getting closed well after dark. And I think a lot of remote workers for bigger companies are doing that, where you're just putting in more hours. And maybe the quality of work isn't what these companies want, or maybe there's just too many distractions. I can't say for sure. But something that I thought, and we'll just have to see how this goes, but something that I thought was going to stick around for a long time, I don't know if it is. Like I think there might be a little level of remote working, but I think that bigger companies are going to want their employees back under their roof. So in any event, um, remember <laughs> when you didn't have these problems to think about and you were just starting off. Um, I'll just do another quick remember when and then I'm going to do my movie reviews for the last two weeks. But when I was in law school, my husband and I, we had our littlest one, and then Lillian was born between second and third year, third and fourth year, third and fourth year, so we had Lillian during law school, and I was pregnant in law school, and I had morning sickness when I was in law school, and was working full-time, and we had no money, just no money. I worked a job where I got two paychecks. Um, one paycheck went to rent with the tiniest bit of money left over. The second paycheck went to utilities and any other bills that we had. And we would buy a big load of groceries with that second check and then repeat it every month. And I know the months, two months out of the year, when you get paid every two weeks, two months out of the year, you get three checks. And those two months where I got that bonus check, it was great. We could do things like get clothes or get Florency uh, some new toys. And if there was a bonus or a tax return, like thank the Lord that we had like a little extra money to do something, something additional, you know, like go to a movie or something. Like going to a movie was such a big deal. Just sit, like gathering that money together to be able to buy. I don't even remember how much the tickets were worth. Let's say they were $6.00 to get a $6 ticket. And, um, you know, now going to the movie is just fine. It's just a regular occurrence. So it is um, definitely something to be blessed about when you start to get more senior in your career and you aren't in school anymore. So remember back to those times and, and count your blessings. All right, so I saw a lot of movies during the last... Um, couple of weeks. Um, not the weekend that I was sick, but the weekend afterwards. I kind of crammed in a lot of movies because there were, I hadn't been seeing anything for the whole month of July. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to figure out what's streaming where and watch it. So Judas and the Black Messiah is back on HBO Max. I highly recommend this movie. It was a very interesting story about uh, one of the leaders of the Black Panthers, Fred, and I can't think of his last name. And then the person who um, basically betrayed him, the Judas, and was an FBI informant. It has a very, if you haven't heard this story, I'm not going to tell you how this story ends, 
it's a very shocking ending and um, just something that I had very, very little experience with. I knew a little bit about it, but not a lot. And to see a more in-depth movie was great. And the acting and the performances were amazing. I also saw Black Widow, Black Widow, Black Widow, which is the newest entry in the Marvel Universe with Scarlett Johansson playing the titular Black Widow. Uh, Florence Pugh is in it as her sister. Um, other notable actors are in it as well. I, My sister-in-law went and saw it when I wasn't available. She saw it at the movies. And I kept thinking, when am I going to see this movie? Uh, it's hard to, harder to go with my daughters because two of them have babies. So forget about them going to the movies. And I like to run out the theater, but I don't. I've noticed that the theaters are doing less and less times on renting out the theater. I think they'd rather just, um, instead of renting out the theater for one group of people, I think they'd just rather sell tickets and, and know they make more money the more butts they can get in those seats. So um, the times for renting theaters are just getting less and less. So I finally decided to get it on Disney Plus. You can, if you have Disney Plus for $29.99, you can get it and it's basically unlocked. So you can watch it as much as you want until they, they'll reduce it or they'll reduce it. They'll put it out regularly, like in the next few months. I don't know when, but I really wanted to see it because I felt, I've seen every Marvel Universe movie and I felt there was going to be some surprises. And as you get further away from the release date, a lot of the magazines start to talk about the end of the movie and what that means for the next Marvel movie since they're all tied together. It was really good, like better than I thought. I just figured it would be kind of okay. And I don't know why, um, you know, doing kind of a backstory for Black Widow just didn't seem super compelling. There are some previews that I've been seeing for the last year and a half because this movie was delayed. And they just seemed meh, sort of like a, a little bit of a comedy, but just, I don't know, wasn't that compelling. They kept having, they kept showing the scene where Florence Pugh and Scarlett Johansson were fighting each other. And it, I thought, okay, they're just going to be pitted against each other the whole time. That wasn't the case. So that was like a welcome revelation. Uh, so the scenes that they put in the, trailer didn't do the movie justice but that's good because a lot of times you end up with a trailer where it just tells you the whole movie including the ending so there was a lot that I just didn't realize um and it was good I, I don't want to get into any details because I think that that just gives away too much but if you like the Marvel Universe movies this is definitely one to see and it's not technically like an origin story it's sort of in the middle of the marvel universe it actually takes place after the captain america civil war movie so where captain america is his group against iron man and the avengers kind of disassemble then this movie happens so there's two interesting ways that you can watch marvel movies you can watch them in the way that they are released or you can watch them chronologically and there are lists online where you can watch them chronologically like for example captain marvel just came out but in but chronologically it's probably first so um like i said there's lists where you can where you can do that i also i i did run out of theater last weekend for space jam 2 my family has always loved Space Jam 1. It has Michael Jordan. Um, I have adopted the Suns, and unfortunately the Suns just lost the finals. But they made it. They made it all the way to the finals. Like, how cool is that? After, you know, last season, I don't even think they won half of their games. And this year made it to the finals. And somebody has to lose, and unfortunately they, they lost. It was very disappointing, but, you know, next year. And again, making it to the finals, not something to 
not something to just say it's nothing. Like you can't say, oh, the Suns suck. They did great. And um, I felt that they sort of, to me, they, they, they just seemed tired by the end. Um, didn't have kind of the spirit that they had the whole season and were bested by the Atlanta Bucks. But um, we come from a family that always watched the Bulls, and Michael Jordan was in Space Jam. We always loved, like, Looney Tunes. My brother and I watched so many Looney Tunes when we were growing up, and Space Jam came out when my oldest daughter was a little girl. You know, she was probably three, and we got it on videotape. Hold on one second. My daughter's calling me. I'm doing a podcast. No. My daughter is asking me if I had my grandson's pacifier. Sorry about that. So Space Jam is a movie we always loved. My oldest daughter had it on videotape. And then when my middle daughter came, they watched it a bunch. My youngest daughter has watched it. My brother's kids have loved it, and um, Space Jam 2 was coming out. I will say this. <laughs> uh, we're not the biggest fans of LeBron James. I think he is a little arrogant. Um, I have seen him play in person. I think he's a little bit of a bully. Um, you know, not very much of a nice guy, but you also get that sometimes with very talented athletes. I did see him in the movie Trainwreck with Amy Schumer, and I thought he was charming in that movie. I thought he did a really good job. Like kind of self-deprecating. They made fun of him. They made him kind of cheap in that movie where he was, like, splitting the bill with, I can't remember if it was his agent or his friend or who it was, um, you know, but they were having lunch, and he was splitting the bill. It was, like, $17 each. So I wasn't sure how I felt about Space Jam 2, but it seemed kind of fun um, to see the follow-up. I rented out the theater. Everybody flaked on me. Everybody. The only people that went were my youngest daughter and her friend and my nephew Joseph and his fiance. So there were five of us in a whole theater. So I'm like, well, this wasn't really the most cost-effective thing to do. And it, it was on HBO Go. But we had talked about seeing this in the theater as a family. I invited a bunch of friends who ended up having plans and it just didn't work out. But the five of us had this amazing time. We had this great time. And I really liked this movie so much more than I ever imagined I could. My brother saw it the day before on HBO Max, which is another reason why he didn't come, because he watched it. And he hated it. Like, he hated it. He's like, the jokes fall flat. Uh, I don't like LeBron James. I don't think it's very good. You know, all this sort of thing. So I'm just imagining like the biggest nightmare of a movie like just a horrible movie I thought it was really fun it was um it had elements of uh, like being with your family and supporting what your family does I don't want to give too much away it had my favorite WNBA player a Di Diana Taurasi from the Mercury it had many surprises that I don't want to say because people should will probably see this and enjoy it. Lots of pop culture references. So if you like that sort of wink wink about pop culture, you'll really like it. Some really, really old references. Uh, references to Casablanca. I'll give that one away because I don't think that's much of a surprise. I think that showed up in some of the um, showed up in some of the previews and stuff. They did cut out, if you had heard, they cut out Pepe Le Pew because um, I don't know, they felt in the Me Too movement that he was a little bit too much. I thought that was a disappointing way to deal with Pepe Le Pew. He's a cartoon skunk, so he's not real. He generally falls in love with a cat who walks through paint, so he thinks it's a female skunk. And um, I, I don't know, how can you say it's offensive? <laughs> Um, there was supposed to be a scene with Pepe Le Pew being in the movie Casablanca and the cat like sort of one-ups him, the cat that he always falls in love with. 
And they cut all that out, and they digitally removed him from the team, so he wasn't on it. A cartoon skunk. Like, I just can't get over it. But, um, you know, the it it wasn't like you were like, oh, the Space Jam team really needs Puppy, Puppy Le Pew. <laughs> uh, it, it had lots of fun scenes, like lots of fun scenes, like fun scenes with Porky Pig and... Um, Bugs Bunny, they have Lola Bunny, who was voiced by Zendaya, and her voice was, I felt almost unrecognizable. It didn't sound like her and um, like she does in Spider-Man. She is a very, very cute um, cartoon voice. And like I said, lots of surprises. So I recommend that movie. I also saw Till Death with Megan Fox, and it is a movie where... She wakes up, This saying this won't give it away, but if you really don't want to know the premise, fast forward, or just stop listening to the podcast. <laughs> I'm almost done anyways. She wakes up chained to her dead husband. And then what happens? You know, like that the movie, um, there's, there's a before where her husband is alive. And um, then he is dead and she is chained to him. And that's like the premise of the movie. So what happens? And a lot happens. It reminded me, it was more of a thriller than a horror. It was, I think, being marketed more as a as a horror because she was in one of my all-time favorite horror movies, Jennifer's Body. So I think they wanted to cash in on, on that magic of that horror movie. But um, it's more of a thriller. It was sort of like a movie not many people saw last year but that I enjoyed called The Hunt. Uh, where it's a woman trying to get out of this very, very bad situation. And that's sort of the the premise of Till Death, too, but with the element of being chained to her dead husband. It's a rental on either Amazon or iTunes, and it was good. You know, Megan Fox is, is good. <laughs> She's beautiful. The whole time I kept saying she looks like she has a Snapchat filter over her face. And uh, it was interesting. It's not going to be, it's not going to knock your socks off. It's not the best movie ever. But we had rented it on a night where um, we just wanted to spend some time together, myself and and my daughters. And we love Megan Fox. We love Jennifer's Body. And we thought, let's try this movie for a few dollars. There's a new series out called American Horror Stories, plural S. Not to be confused with American Horror Story. So American Horror Story has a different season. And, you know, like for instance, first season was Murder House. Second season was Asylum, where they concentrate on one story. And they have 13 episodes each. American Horror Stories is little snippets of stories. So the first two were actually based in Murder House, but a, sh- but a short story, not like a whole season. So that was very enjoyable. If you just if you don't want to devote yourself to a whole season of American Horror Story of American Horror Story, American Horror Stories is a a good place to start. And you don't need any of the history of American Horror Story. If you do have it, there were some things that were like really fun callbacks and tongue-in-cheek winks, you know, little winks to the audience, little Easter eggs. So that was super fun. The first two were all about Murder House and different characters. But like I said, callbacks to um, the original Murder House of American Horror Story. And then the third one that I'm watching seems very standalone. Kind of a zombie movie in a way. I'm about halfway through. I've just been really tired the last few days. So I had trouble getting through. 43 minutes. All right. I've been talking for a whole hour. Thank you so much. I'll be back in two weeks and I'll tell you all about my vacation and we'll talk about a new topic. You can find this podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes under Florence Legally Brunette, Bonafide Legal Podcast. You can also find me on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram under Florence Legally Brunette. You can find me on Facebook under my name, and under my law office of Florence Bremer. You can find me on my website, bremerlaw.com. 
we are also on Patreon. We are a free podcast with no paid advertising. And through Patreon.com, you can make a donation and get a hand-made um, tie-dyed t-shirt and a handwritten card from me. So take care, and I will talk at you in a couple of weeks. Thank <laughs> you.